Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of Should All Acquaint Trends Be Forgotten? We'll we'll go there. Uh, I don't know who suggested that, but I will have it by the end of the episode. But thank you for that short show title, Appropriate, because this is the second to last trending episode we will be recording uh, in the year 2021. Uh, we have a bunch of good year-end content, best movies of the year, or the year in movies, year music, best holiday songs, all sorts of goodness coming at you. But before any of that, uh, I am thrilled to be joined by a very special guest co-host. He hosts the podcast This Day in Esoteric Political History from Radiotopia, executive produced Adam McKay's podcast, Death at the Wing, uh, about tragedy and basketball in the 80s. You probably heard him hosting 30 for 30 on ESPN and the 538 Politics podcast back in the day. It is the brilliant and talented Jody Avergan. What's up, Jody? Hello, thank you. Have you has your voice ever been hoarse while doing that? Have you ever had a... No, I just don't talk for the rest you? of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Just, <laughs> my kids haven't heard my voice uh, Yeah. in years. It takes you 23 hours and 50 minutes to recover from screening <laughs> the guest's name, and then you're back at it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting a call from Nepal right now, not to flex too mm. hard. Uh, the Nepal. Yeah, the yeah. Nepal, the one and only. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, my spam calls come from all over the world. No <laughs> right. big deal. Yeah. Uh, Jody, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. We're recording this as, you know, I'm in New York. Things are going pretty moving pretty fast uh and so you know yeah it's uh it's a whole thing but yeah uh, ferris bueller wasn't lying right yeah good good to hear all right well here are some of the things that are uh trending right now actually i wanted to you know one of the things that's trending always around this time uh that we talk about a lot on the show is uh, the war on Christmas. One thing we uh, noticed this year was especially popular was uh, freaking out about uh, Christmas shortages. There's a Christmas tree shortage, supposedly. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a candy cane shortage uh, that isn't real. Um, But on your show, you uh, did a special on on the war on Christmas. Can you talk about that? Yeah, we actually did this last year and we're rerunning it this year because like you, we're taking a little time off. But, you know, it was a two part special looking at the history of the war on Christmas. We did it with um, Michael Hobbs, who's just this brilliant podcaster who does this show called You're Wrong About or, or and another show called Maintenance Phase, which is his, his current show. Yeah, I love You're but, Wrong About. You know, we, we looked at the recent history of the war on Christmas. I think Bill O'Reilly in 2005 was really when the main modern war on Christmas, but it goes back as a sort of moral panic around both culture and religion interest, uh, mixing in interesting ways. It goes all the way back to, you know, kind of the, the Puritans who were up, um, upset about Christmas not being religious enough in some ways. And, uh, you know, but you're, you, what you just said there about kind of how candy the, the the current economic fears and shortages and supply chain issues kind of wending their way into the more war on Christmas. I mean, that that scans with kind of how I've come to understand it, which is the war on Christmas in many ways is is just an example of a sort of framework of thinking into which you can plug in a bunch of grievances right. and sort of build a case. Right. Um, and it is not really about religion or even about the holiday as much as it is about cherry picking and finding little things to then, you know, wind up the outrage machine, yeah. which is what Bill O'Reilly was 
really good at um and a lot of people continue to be really good at do you guys talk at all about uh the fact that a lot of newspapers are doing the same thing we're doing which is trying to create a bunch of content before going on <laughs> like t- <laughs> well, taking a break uh, well <laughs> the the thing i've i've talked with a lot of folks about is that it's a it's a trap the idea that you can create a bunch of content before on break you go on break is actually harder than just creating the content through the break. I, everyone I know in the, in our little world of podcasting, at least, is killing themselves last week and this week to create shows so they can give themselves time off. And part of me is like, it would probably just be easier to just like actually just take, take the, the time off and record the show <laughs> or just take the time off entirely. Yeah. But, um, but you know, because you're like, oh yeah, we're going to give ourselves time off. We're going to do a, a best of clip <laughs> show where we're going to pull like 15 different things across the whole right. year and then have to write record intros and outros to each one to contextualize. And all of a sudden you've ended up working a lot more. Right. But yeah, content is content the Christmas season, as we discuss in our War on Christmas specials, um, full of all sorts of content that you can you can yeah. fill in. And and you know, Michael Hobbs was just really smart. He's he's I would say one of our best watchers of moral panics and how they work. And um, he's really smart about how the War on Christmas is was just cl- is just classic, like take a bunch of little anecdotes that aren't really related, and all of a sudden you can sort of build a big narrative. Um, yeah. And. Certainly social media just makes that even easier now. For um, sure. But, you know, yeah. Yeah, everybody should check out, uh, first of all, the War on Christmas episode of Jody's podcast. Uh, There's going to be a rerun uh, in the near future. Also, uh, You're Wrong About has a really good episode on human trafficking that changed mm-hmm. uh, how I view a lot of the headlines and stories mm-hmm. around that. Well, mm-hmm. speaking of uh, headlines and stories... Let's get to it. Uh, someone segue. named <laughs> someone named Garrett Gilbert is trending uh, because uh-huh. okay. uh, that is a person who is starting uh, at quarterback tonight for the Washington football team in uh, the NFL. And as far as I can tell, he's never played football before. I don't think. Which seems to me like, you know, Mr. Gilbert walks into your office for right. a job interview. <laughs> yeah. Feels like... Maybe one of the first questions I would ask is, have you played football? I don't know. Before? I just got a good vibe from him. You know, yeah. he just seemed yeah. like he had like that. like a real like, locker room guy. Right. <laughs> real locker room guy. <laughs> no, I'm sure he's like a fantastic athlete, but they literally picked him up. Uh, no, I mean, we're seeing this in a lot of sports right now where these random people are showing up because of COVID or injuries or just it's just wonky. Um, it is important to remember that the person you've never heard of before is probably the greatest athlete to have ever stepped foot in their high school ever yeah and is an absolute legend um uh, from wherever they came from so yeah to uh impugn this person yeah yeah when i was there's a lot of there's a lot of fast googling going on in the world of sports these days to figure out who these people are when i was in uh i lived in lexington kentucky i played basketball uh against this guy george uh i won't say his last name but he was like six four, had the best handle I've ever seen. It was dunking in eighth grade. And, you know, I was like, all right, well, we'll be hearing about him for years. And, you know, for whatever reason, like that's, you know, if you heard that the Nets picked up George tomorrow, you would be like, what the, who the fuck is George? But, you know, the world is just full of like so many uh, incredibly talented athletes who we've never heard of. It is one of the more remarkable delusions, though, as you get people mouthing off on the internet saying <laughs> exactly. that they could probably hang with, like, you know, a person who had a cup of coffee in the league. And it's just like, especially the NBA. Yeah. Hey, if I took Come that many on. shots, I, mean, I could put up 30 points a yeah, game, too. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was exactly. the standard Jordan uh, 
Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Army Hammer is trending. Uh, Disney is proceeding with a movie called Death on the Nile, despite, you know, the Army Hammer scandal uh, and unveiled a new trailer and poster. Uh, it's directed by Kenneth Branagh. It's a mystery thriller. And uh, he's part of the cast. He's not. It's not like a Army yeah. Hammer vehicle, as far as I can tell. Although I, I'm assuming if it were an Army Ham- Hammer vehicle, they would have uh, edited the trailer uh, so as to look not like an Army Hammer vehicle. But I think this is just interesting and worth watching. Like the amount of brain power going into strategizing around like the comebacks of uh, you know canceled people. Like that, I'm sure is probably something we're underrating, like the number of. So is this, as you see it, an attempt to like pretend that the scandal is over or to just not acknowledge the scandal or or is it an attempt to rehabilitate here? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, part of me wonders if Disney was like, it's Disney, right? Yeah. Part of me wonders if they were like, okay, look. Everyone's going crazy about Omicron right now. Right. There's a million we'll other things. Let's just there. sneak this trailer out. Yeah. Let him trend on Twitter for 24 hours. We'll do that five more times before the movie actually comes out, and that'll just like hit the release valve enough, and then uh, uh, it'll be palatable by the time the movie yeah. the movie comes out. Yeah. Like all the very smartest people who went to all the very best colleges, like so many of them work in like marketing and like, you know, mm-hmm. strategy and the greatest uh, minds of our generation yeah, are just like working yeah. in advertising. All right. Let's take a quick break, actually. And we'll we'll come back and talk about air tags. And we're back. And in case you couldn't tell by the uh, old ass way, I said air tags. Like I just heard the phrase uh, that that is a fact. I had just heard the phrase. Uh, Super producer Becca just um, kind of explained it to me. These are basically uh, Apple's version of tile. It for me really. Uh, it generally just made my uh, keychain clunkier. Uh, and I never remembered to replace the battery. And so it was always out of batteries by the time but I lost had my like keys. two weeks where it really changed everything. Right. Yeah. I think I went through the same experience. Yeah. Yes. But anyway, so they have this thing, uh, it's called air tags. Uh, it seems like it's, you know, a little bit simpler, more straightforward. Uh, and it's also fairly cheap. It's $20. Uh, and so the, the availability of it though, uh, is causing some problems because people are actually using it to track other people. Like people are finding uh, these notifications on their phone that like the location of this air tag can be seen by the owner uh, is not what you want to see pop up on your phone. But basically it's, you know, people are being stalked. Someone is dropping an air tag on another person unbeknownst to them. Yeah. Like physically. Them. Track them. Yeah. Yes. So they're just like track them. And they're, they're, you know, the size of a quarter. Yeah. It's very, very scary. Uh, would probably be a really horrifying thing to, uh, discover in your bag. Some people are like finding them in the wheel well of their, uh, car. And it's just like, maybe this is not a technology like from the bond films that we want to be giving out at $20 a pop. Um, right. I, I mean, I think it's important to sound the alarm about this. I also think, you know, just if it's not this, it's going to be something else is part of how I feel about, you know, I think, I just think we've like democratized 
the surveillance state yeah. to a point where whether it's an air tag or it's like airdropping, you know, inappropriate things to strangers on the train, which was happening for a while until they, I think, changed the settings and so forth. Yeah, I just think it's always going to be something along these lines. And so, you know, I think the problem is probably further upstream than just the technology yeah. um, that manifests kind of behavior like this. Right. So what Apple is doing to prevent this, it, it might make this better than this thing not existing because normally when someone plants a tracking device on you, uh, in my experience, uh, yes. watching spy movies, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't like shoot you a notification on your phone being like, Hey, you got a tracking thing There's on you. Yeah. Uh, FYI. So yeah, that, that is kind of cool. Um, but I don't know. Also scary, scary times, yeah. man. Speaking of scary times, Adam Silver uh, is still uh, has has said he's not planning on uh, delaying the NBA season. So, you know, kind of similar to the story we were talking about with Garrett Gilbert. You know, you're going to be hearing from a lot of people who are like the best player on the college team that you like uh, a couple years ago. The Chicago Bulls just signed Mac McClung, who played for Georgetown and then transferred and then transferred again, but he was a pretty good point guard. And yeah, it, it's kind of, it's kind of fun. It's like, you know, see, seeing people get a shot. Um, yeah. A cup of coffee. Yeah. Why not? Just in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's nice to see people get a shot. I mean, I so her, you know, hopefully they got a shot, but you know, I just don't think the product is going to be that good. And I mean, we talked about this, that the NBA seems so fixated on these games at, on Christmas, and I just don't think people are gonna. Yeah, I people. I just don't think people are gonna tune in. I think people know, like they they see what's happening. <laughs> this right. idea that you could like c- convince people that this is still NBA basketball, or that we're not living in a pandemic. I mean, you know, I just I, this is how I feel in a larger sense about all efforts to kind of not acknowledge that the pandemic is changing everything, yeah. and just to sort of say, oh, we can still grit our teeth and go about things normally. I mean, we should. You know, and I just feel like the NBA gives me those vibes too. Like, yeah, we're just still going to do this thing. You're going to love it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the NFL delaying a game like two days is the the most early COVID thing possible. Like when we were delaying right. meetings like a right. couple of days. Exactly. Um, the, yeah, the NBA season has been, well, first of all, the Christmas day games will have to com- compete with uh, the NFL for the first time, I think. Uh I think that's because of COVID, although oh, it might just be because uh, Christmas is on Saturday this year. Um, but yeah, it's as a Sixers fan, it's easy for me to be like, well, you know, top heavy teams are at a severe disadvantage uh, than like compared to deep teams like the Bulls. But um, I don't know. It's it's definitely a season that will probably, if not an official asterisk, will, people will be like, that was that was a weird one. Well, and I mean, I think that probably, you know, that's the case with the entire world is right. We, we I think, had a capacity to look at 2020 and say, OK, weird year, blip year, asterisk year. I think the fact that 2021 is clearly that as well is sneaking up on a lot of people, <laughs> and, you know, sending sending a yeah. lot of people into despair. And I have found myself thinking kind of like, wait a minute, which one? Which one of these was the weird year? Which one of these was the blip year? Or like, do I have to think of it as just one yeah, it's long pretty period? Much, and pretty yeah. much March 2020 or February 2020, like forward at this point. Yeah. I don't, I don't think yeah. we can consider anything back to normal. You know, I will say 
that to me, this is one of the places where I host a history podcast. I sort of try and think about stuff a little bit through that lens. This is where I feel like a lens of perspective is very useful for me personally of just like we talk about the Spanish flu, you know, uh, as the 1918, 1919, you know, we group years, we talk about stuff in periods of time. We realize that stuff flows over a number of years. Yeah. And I just think it's like, this is one of those moments. This is one of those stories that is so big and so overwhelming that it is absolutely a multi-year thing where it is the dominant story and it's tough to live through. It's really brutal and it's a grind, but I also remind myself that, yeah, this is like probably a two, maybe three year thing. And then not to mention, you know, the, the long-term ripple effect. Yeah. Uh, the last trans Jesse waters threatened, like telling people to fucking kill shot, uh, Fauci for God's sakes. But I do want to just like in general, in terms of where we're at on the spectrum of like fascism and populism (laughs) and all that stuff. Like as somebody who I feel like, like that's something I'm always trying to do in my spare time is like read back on history, put things into a bit of perspective. Mm -hmm. But I feel like your show does that extremely well. Like, and I don't know, I feel somewhat hopeless about the 2024 election, not hopeless, but like, mm-hmm. uh, pessimistic about the 2024 election. Like how, what, just like two minutes on, give me two minutes on two minutes how on, you're yeah. feeling about the, uh, I mean, state look, of the country in terms of yeah. fascism. I, I am, I am very, very, very worried okay. about American democracy. Um, I think it is, you know, in peril in a way that it hasn't been in a long time. Um, you know, for all sorts of reasons that are a product of what's happened over the last 20, 30 years, a sort of drop in trust in institutions, a media environment, uh, you know, uh, turning every every cultural issue has become a political issue, political wedge issue, um, not to mention things like gerrymandering and campaign finance and all the sort of like technical ways that our democracy, the wheels, the gears of our democracy operate are being messed with. That said, I do think a historical perspective also lets you realize And it's one of the things I really kind of have come to see is just that history moves and and shifts for very, very unpredictable and often very small, weird reasons. And, you know, to me, I I view like the history of this country as one. It's like you throw up a bowling ball down one of those lanes that has the bumpers on it and it's just crashing back and forth and every once in a while it'll like skip out or every once in a while it'll bounce in and knock all the pins down and be successful. And like, you know, there's just so many incidents over this, over this country's history, many of which we discuss on the show where things could have completely fallen apart, you know, and it could have been much, much worse than, you know, our history has proven and vice versa where sort of things just seem to just coalesce and the course of the country changes. So, all the conditions, we have to be honest, are really, really worrisome right now. Yeah. And you have to work really, really hard to change stuff. But that also, when good stuff has happened in this country's history, it has been because people have seen the moment for what it is and just put their, you know, put their shoulder to the grindstone or whatever the mixed metaphor yeah. is. And shoulder to the grindstone. Tried to, I think that's yeah, it. <laughs> tried, to get, tried to get things done. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... There are things in front of us that we can do to try and improve voter access and restrict gerrymandering. And, you know, that's the stuff I think about is just the kind of like, can we get the little wheels of our democracy 
working again and build from there. Yeah. I think I've been a little bit too like deterministic about like Trump's going to get elected again, uh, 2024. That's very good point that like, you know, the smallest things can shift that the dumbest things can shift that him bragging about getting the booster could make him suddenly very Mm -hmm. unpopular with his, with his base. I also do worry about like, I, I like the metaphor of the bumper bowling, but I also think that, America from the time of the baby boom forward, like was, and maybe even like from the time of world war two forward was like benefiting from a wild, uh, string of like good luck based on like demographics and economics and like a really good dependency ratio. And so it yeah. felt like, man, we, we got bumpers on this thing. We could reel in any wild direction we want to, uh, and maybe the bumpers are off, but we, we will see. I know you do this on the other segment of the show, but you know, that, that reminds me of a tweet I think about all the time, all the time, which is someone wrote basically like, it really sucks to have basically been born at the end of the fuck around era and now (laughs) living in the find out era, you know, and it's, I think about that nonstop and it really does feel like the 20th century was the fuck, let's fuck around and find out. And now we're about to find out. There we are. All right. Well, Jody, uh, it's been truly a pleasure uh, having you co-host uh, this trending tomorrow's full episode. Great having you. Uh, where can people find you and follow you? Um, I do this day in esoteric political history, uh, a Radiotopia show. You can get that wherever. Um, and then uh, maybe my website's a good place because I also have a list of all the all the work I've done. You know, as I as I do stuff, I pop it up there. So Jody with a Y Avergan dot com, and you can track me down there. Yeah. All right. And by the way, the person who gave us the short show title of All Equatrons is Eat the Rich Jefferson at Device Null. Uh, so shout out to you. Uh, and that is going to do it for us on this Tuesday afternoon. We're back tomorrow with a whole last episode of the show and another trending and then a bunch of year end content uh, that I think you'll really enjoy. Until then, be kind to each other. Be kind to yourselves. Get the vaccine. Wear a mask. Don't do nothing about white supremacy. And we will talk to you all then. Bye.